May I speak in the name of our living and loving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, a young woman is with child and will bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. That is a familiar verse for us at this time of year, and it draws our attention immediately to the birth of Jesus. The origin of that verse, however, is to be found many centuries before that event. So for a few moments, I would like to invite you to imagine yourself transported back in time to the southern kingdom of Judah in the 8th century BC. Ahaz, your king, is facing a potential catastrophe and looking for a way out. The reason is this. Assyria, the superpower of the day, led by the splendidly named emperor Tiglath-Pileser III, TP3, has has been swallowing up the small states west of the Euphrates, seeking access to Egypt, southwest Asia Minor, and the commercial routes of the Mediterranean. Syria and the northern kingdom of Israel are all that stand in his path. So Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekar, king of Israel, form an alliance against Assyria and petition the king of Judah to join them. Surprisingly, though pragmatically, as he is soon to reach out to Assyria, King Ahaz declines the invitation to join the coalition, but soon he is in trouble. Syria and Israel turn on their would-be ally and march on the kingdom of Judah from the north. Edom is threatening Judah from the south and the Philistines mount a campaign from the west. So Judah is threatened on three sides. All this is the context in which Isaiah meets up with and prophesies to King Ahaz of Judah. Isaiah's message to the king is straightforward. He tells him of the need to remain faithful to God, the defender of Jerusalem, and the one who would establish the throne of David forever. Ahaz was being called to trust and to believe in the promise that God would provide. He was being called to trust in God alone, who holds the fate of the nations in his hands, and not to seek out dubious political and military alliances. This is the point at which this morning's first reading from Isaiah picks up. Isaiah promises to give Ahaz a visible sign to authenticate God's promise to Judah that they would never be completely abandoned by God. Ahaz declines the prophet's offer, probably because he has already asked Assyria to help defend Judah against the surrounding hostile forces. Isaiah gives something of a pious response, telling him not to put the Lord to the test, no doubt to mask his subterfuge. Isaiah then tells Ahaz that God will give him a sign anyway with these words, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, a young woman is with child and will bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. So you see, the verse that is so inextricably bound up in our consciousness with the birth narrative of Jesus 
as recorded in today's Gospel reading, has its origin way back in the 8th century BC, within the political world of, of the Middle East. Yet realising just how Matthew makes use of this verse serves only to emphasise how its promise was t- was to find an even greater fulfilment in the birth of Jesus the Messiah than Isaiah could ever have dreamed or imagined. Matthew, as you will notice, if you compare the verse in the first reading with the quoting of that verse in the Gospel reading, uses the word virgin, whereas Isaiah uses young woman. The majority of scholars, it would seem, deem young woman to be the most accurate translation of the Hebrew word, contending that a young woman of marriageable age is what Isaiah intended. Only in the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament, is the word translated virgin, but interestingly, it is the word that Matthew chooses to use, more of which in a moment. The young woman from Isaiah's prophecy was possibly referring to someone known to Ahaz and Isaiah. She may even have been the wife of one of them. The prophecy was pointing to the fact that before the child born to that woman was old enough to eat solid food, the dual threat of Syria and Israel, which so worried Ahaz, would be removed. Undoubtedly and important to bear in mind is that the prophecy given by Isaiah and received by Ahaz would have been understood by them to relate to the context of their own day. Isaiah's reference to the child being called Emmanuel, God with us, would surely have brought some comfort to Ahaz in the anxiety of what was going on around him. It would be a sign that God had not abandoned Judah. Interestingly, however, the notion of God with us can be disturbing as well as comforting. Even with the threat of Syria and Israel dealt with by the Assyrians, God's presence with the kingdom of Judah would not make for an easy ride. Judah itself would be judged for its injustices and and overrun by Assyria for a time. Emmanuel, the sign of God with us, can signal both salvation and judgment something that is true also for us. We usually and rightly interpret God with us as a word of comfort, assuring us of the love, mercy, and forgiveness of God as we think about the child of Bethlehem. It is, after all, the predominant note of our Christmas celebration. But what does it really mean that God is with us in Jesus, and how do our lives stand up to scrutiny in the light of that fact. As in the days of Isaiah and Ahaz, our society is full of injustice and unfaithfulness, just as it was in the time of Judah. How can we expect God with us to overlook all that? There is comfort, yes, but also challenge that we must heed. Matthew, in drawing on the prophecy of Isaiah, expands and deepens our understanding of God with us by highlighting the miraculous and moral character of Jesus' birth. Ancient writers like to stress the special characteristics of any hero's birth, 
And Matthew, as does Luke in his Gospel, emphasises the remarkable circumstances of our Lord's birth. Matthew does this not least by quoting from the Septuagint version of Isaiah's prophecy. Remember, that's the one which uses the translation virgin, instead of young woman, to refer to Mary. It sums up the content of the vision received by Joseph in a dream, assuring him that the child conceived in Mary was from the Holy Spirit. For Matthew, this was the fulfillment of Scripture extending way beyond what Isaiah could have foreseen in his own day. He was able to see how the specific experience of Isaiah and his time-bound prophecies uttered centuries earlier also pointed beyond themselves to God's continuing further action in history. And this is what it all boils down to the birth of a child who would change the world, whose arrival we celebrate again in a few days' time. But before that great day arrives, it's worth pondering just what that means to us and to make ourselves as ready as we can. If we are able to manage that, we shall be better prepared to approach the manger at Bethlehem, where we can truly receive the birth of Emmanuel, And we can do this not in any glib assurance of our own worthiness or faithfulness, but with the humility of those who know that they owe everything to God's unconditional love and mercy. We can receive the birth of Emmanuel, God with us, only with the prayer of, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner, undeserving of any grace or forgiveness, and yet offered it freely and in full measure by our God of love. But that takes faith and trust, does it not? The same faith and trust to which Isaiah called King Ahaz in the 8th century BC, and which Ahaz found so difficult. Yet trust is what lies at the heart of Isaiah's message. Trust is what Mary gave to God at the Annunciation, in saying yes to God's call on her life as revealed by the angel Gabriel. And trust was at the heart of Joseph's response when discovering that the woman to whom he was betrothed was expecting a child. Trust in the promise and lordship of God, even when circumstances and situations make it difficult to exercise that trust. We are called in our lives as Christians to embody trust and reliance on God, not only in our individual situations, but also in our life together, in our churches, in our communities, in our nation. When Isaiah called for trust from Ahaz, he was dealing with empires, international relations, and military conquests. He was calling for trust in God in a world where armies were clashing and national fortunes were at stake in many ways a world not so different from that of today. We too live in a time of turmoil and international tensions and disputes. The political and social turmoil of our own country is plain to see. It can seem that the politicians, the multinational corporations and those with military might are in charge. 
And yet the God of the prophets is bigger than that. And the God of Israel, who is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the Lord over all empires and peoples. It's what Isaiah and the prophets like him remind us of. Despite appearances, God is in charge of all history. And so, despite the turbulence of our times, or of any time, the people of faith know that the earth's petty powers will never have the last word. The Assyrian Empire is no more. The Roman Empire, under which the child of Bethlehem was born, is no more. But Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, lives forever. And when we celebrate his birth once again at Christmas time, the birth of the kings, uh, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we are called again to trust him. In conclusion, I started with a verse from Isaiah in which the prophet gave King Ahaz of Judah a promise that God would be with the king and his people in the midst of all the chaos and threat that surrounded them. It was a word in due season, but which carried a much greater meaning than Isaiah could ever have conceived or imagined. Writing around eight centuries later than Isaiah's prophecy, Matthew makes particular use of that same verse to show in his birth narrative how all that Isaiah's words pointed towards has now found its fulfillment in the birth of a child who would change the world forever. It is with those words from Matthew's Gospel that I finish. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.